appreciate y'all tuning in to Bliss's Ignorant Podcast. This is comedian Jay Bliss. And with the event, as we said, with, with the COVID-19, man, I have the opportunity to be able to bring people on with Zoom that I otherwise probably would have never thought of in a million years. But this is as increased my podcast listening by by umpteen amount. Um today, man, I got I got a brother, man, that I'm um I've been a fan of for a long time. Um, we're from close to the same area, but I did not start comedy there. But um, if you know comedy and you are near Philadelphia, you can't mention comedy in this guy's name and without saying it in the same breath. And I'm, I'm pleasure to have uh, Tourette Gordon on here with me today, man. What's up, Tu? How you feeling, man? Bliss. How you, man? I'm good, man. Thank you for having me, brother. Hey, no problem, man. Hey, um, let, let's jump right into it, man. Um. You you Philly all the way, man. Like you you Philly born and bred. You 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 still rocking there. Um, you got one of the the realest rooms in comedy uh, right now in the country. I will say that. I don't know how long your run has been at Warm Daddy's, but how long has that run been? Uh, Soul Comedy been at Warm Daddy's for six years, man. It was six years in February, and the only thing that stopped us was a, pay, a worldwide pandemic. Right. So so I'm very proud of that. Where were, were you somewhere else before that, or was it just the Laugh House and another other places and things like that before you decided to do the Warm Daddies thing? Uh, yeah, Soul Comedy started at a, a spot in Philly called North by Northwest. It used to be a monthly. It used to be every last Sunday of the month. And um, North by Northwest ended up closing. And I took the show back to the Laugh House because that was my home as far as comedy. But Soul Comedy was never really originally thought or conceived to be in a comedy club it was always intimate venues with good food that's what i that's what i that was my vision for soul comedy so um when the laugh house closed i thought of uh taking it to warm daddy's where it is now warm daddy's a you know world-renowned jazz club stands on their own as far as just their food and the restaurant and as a business but i knew that they didn't have anything like what i could bring as far as soul comedy also knew that I would have to change my format from monthly to weekly because it was an it was an assault. I was going to have to rebuild the comedy scene in Philadelphia because once the Laugh House closed, there wasn't really one as far as urban comedy went. Yeah. And as far as, uh, you know, and, and let me say this right quick because when we hear urban, everybody always want to think black. Urban comedy is any comedy that's not really corporate regulated. You know what I'm saying? It's mean, like, that's when a cat is walking off the street like, hey, I'm funny, you're taking a shot. So there was nowhere for that going on in Philly. And when I started Soul Comedy, I knew, like, I did my scout, man. I did my homework. Like, I went to Warm Day, me and the lady, me and the cupcake went one night. Um, and we went to the, to, the, to the restaurant. And we sat in there on a Wednesday, man. When I tell you, it was me and her in the restaurant. And the rest was servers and the jazz band that was in there. Right, and I said to the manager, I said, "Yo, uh, y'all normally like this on Wednesday." He said, "Yeah, man, it's not really that many people that come here on Wednesdays." I said, and I asked him, I said, "What's the deal with the jazz band? Do y'all pay them?" And he said, "Yeah, we pay them, and in return, they're supposed to give, you know, get bring people in." I said, "I knew right then." I said, <laughs> they paying and not getting nothing. I said, "I'm about to bring y'all something, and y'all ain't got to pay nothing. Just get out my way." Right, right, and man. That, I, that's the deal I made. I, I, I made. Two things was part of my deal. I said I want it weekly, and I believe in ch- uh, separation of church and state. Meaning, y'all take the bar and the food, I take the door. That I don't like that co-mingling of funds, and right. I don't want y'all getting five dollars off. No, nope. y'all take the bar and the food, I take the door. And then the second thing I did 
is make sure that I had first right refusal to any other comedy going on in that venue because I said to them, do y'all have any comedy? No, we don't do no. I said, all right, well, I'm going to be the only one doing comedy in here because what happens is when you get in a venue in Philadelphia, what happens? You get in a venue, you get something nice, then they say, then I'm in there on Wednesday, somebody want to do Friday night comedy. Somebody was right. like, yo. So before we start, I'm shutting everybody else down. This is going to be where we go from ground zero, man. It's just been a blessing shout out to the bynum and the bynum entertainment group and all of the staff and management over there man like i have zero complaints right right that's dope man and um when you say urban I, and i i got like the same definition but the way i way i try to categorize it when i try to explain to people about doing comedy is uh mainstream is is your mainstream comedy is your d1 school your your nba urban is the rucker like yep. and so yep. you can go in there and you can have the skills, you know what I mean. But you know what? You gonna meet, you know, you gonna meet a a bone collector, and yeah. you gonna meet somebody like that that's gonna be like, yo, I ain't never seen this dude. Well, this dude ain't allowed in the mainstream room, but this yeah. dude is gonna turn this room upside down, and yeah. he gonna teach you how to take what you just saw back to that mainstream room. And we realize if you get a laugh in this urban room. It's definitely gonna work at the mainstream room. Yeah. And and I I love the 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 truthfulness of your room. Uh, because they don't care who you are. They don't nah. care about your credits. They don't care nothing about what you just shot. Nah. They there to laugh. And they like, look, man, you gonna get up there and 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 and, and DJ gonna play your music and you can dance if you want to. But when that music cut off, you better tell your joke. <laughs> like, like, and, it's, <laughs> and it's funny, man, you should mention that because I've had some, and I'm not going to mention the names because we don't, you know, I ain't, we right. ain't about that. Right. But I've had a brother come through and he's got enough titles and credits and all that. And he, yep, got a couple movies. And I guess he didn't get the love he thought he should get when he got on stage. And he said, yeah, man, y'all act like y'all see a star every night. Uh, y'all see a star on stage all the time. And the front row yelled out, we do. Every Wednesday. <laughs> I'm trying to tell. I'm like, yo, dude, like everybody comes through this room. I've had Dick Gregory here twice. I've had Kevin Hardy. I've had some more. I've had Mike Entz. I've had Ice Cube came when Deion Cole slid through. Like, it's yeah. that type of room, man. So yeah. you, if you're a performer, you want to bring it. And if you're in the audience, you want to see it. So. Right. Absolutely. And, I, and, I, and um, you know, I, I met you the first time. Uh, or we met face to face the first time uh, at the Laugh House. Yeah. Um, I I was traveling. I was doing something, and me and my cousin had to come up to Jersey. And um, I said, "Yo, let me let me try to get into the Laugh House to try to do some time if we're going through Philly." Mm -hmm. And he was like, "How does that work?" I said, "Dude, it's a it's a shot in the dark." I said, "Them cats don't know me." I was doing comedy for about four years at that time. But I had like Nick Lewis and DS and, and Dave Martin and all them cats was like, yo, Bliss, we got you. Just, you know, give them your, give us our name that we'll vouch for you. And I'm like, man, that shit don't work. So I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm driving up, but I'm, I'm on sitting Facebook. here listening like, ain't, not, ain't none of them names that got you in there. Right. I'm, I'm going through Facebook and, and what's my man? Deesman was, was the guy that was supposed to be doing the room. Like he was like, yo, talk to him. Talk to this dude. So I'm trying to get with him on Facebook, like, yo, I'm coming through. Can I get on? He like, yo, just hit me up when you get in town. I'm like, all right, whatever. It took forever. And I'm outside, 
I'm meeting cats that I seen online. I, I saw uh, Darren Gaines and I seen some other cats standing out front. They're like, yo, you do comedy? I'm like, yeah, they're like, where you live? I'm like, North Carolina, I'm from, I'm from Camden. They're like, word. And we just chopping it up. They're like, all right, we're about to go in, man. We holler at you. They just left yeah. me outside. <laughs> and then so my cousin was like, what's up? I said, you that's, gonna follow him, I said, that's the that's the that's what it is. So I they like, yo, talk to talk to whoever they said talk to. He got there, he was on some old on his phone, not listening. He like, what you say your name was again? I'm like, Jake Bliss. He like, where you from? I was like, North Carolina. He was like, all right, hold on. Then he came back out like th- half hour late, like, oh, come on in, man. Then he was like, yo, I'll get you like seven. I was like, all right, cool. He's like, you go up like third. I was like, all right, cool. I, I ain't say no more, no less. He's like, it's a light on the wall. You will see the light. Time to go hit the light. You got one minute, bro. You got to get off. I was like, no, no problem. He's like, yo, if you ain't funny, we're going to light your eyes. I said, dude, you ain't got to worry about that. I got you. As I'm getting on stage, you were coming in the door. I saw you like peripheral. I'm like, oh, shit. I said, that's too ready. So I get on stage. I do my time. I get done. And I'm walking up the stage. And I walk up to you. And I was like, hey, man, good to meet you, yo. And all you said was, good stuff. And you walked up and you got right on stage. And I was like, <laughs> I said, dude, that's, that's all I need to hear. Because at that yeah. moment, that dude heard something within yeah. my I'm four years yeah. old, So I'm like, you know, I don't really understand. But you always want validation from people. The thing that got me that night was I couldn't believe I was standing on that Laugh House stage. Yeah, man. The idea of doing comedy started from me going to the South Street and going to the show. That was my that was my first date move. Wow. Okay. Go to yeah, the Laugh yeah. House. The first date move wasn't a movie, yeah. dinner in a movie. It no, was no comedy club, man. And you know it's funny because I worked in comedy club since I was nineteen. Yeah, I wouldn't say the first date, but yeah, man, all the women out of <laughs> like all my kids, mom. <laughs> <laughs> First date, bro. I seen them First. in the crowd, like, oh yeah, we're gonna go stay in my island that week. First date, bro. It was always what I did. My first date because it was different, and I wanted something to stand out today. Right. To be like, yo, this was different. We right, had the whole night. You know what I'm saying? It's a great date. As I, you know, looking back, it's a great date. Like, I can't go. Like me and my lady, you know, me and yeah, the cupcake. Right. She literally be like, Tere, you're not going to sit in the audience and watch this show. You're going to want to go on. I'm like, nah, nah. And sure enough, every time I'm in, I end up in the back talking. <laughs> so long as she can find a wife or a girlfriend to talk to, she's fine. But she know I cannot just sit and watch a comedy show. Yeah. And, you know, and I want to get on. And I don't watch it the same. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm watching, right. like, oh, he could have did that so right, much better. Right, right, you know what I mean? Like, oh, he right. left something. He left that hanging. You know, stuff right. like that. So, and my, look, my egotistical ass, you think, like, well, I went to see Cav. I went to see Cav. Uh, took my mom and dad down here. I'm in Atlanta now. I took my mom right. and dad to see Cav at the Phillies Arena. And I, I ain't going to lie to you. The whole time, I'm still sitting there like, you know, if the nigga called me up for five, man. You know what I mean? I'm right, <laughs> I'm right here. And I kept my time positioning myself like, Kevin, right here if you need me, man. I know you see me. He gave me a shout out, you know what I mean, at the end of the show. Right, right, <laughs> and right. He's like, yo, what up to where I see you in here, but you what I wasn't going on that stage, but right, I was ready. Right. I was right. Ready. Oh, you're always ready. You always, oh, you're ready. always with, ready. The high five, with the hot five, you always right, ready. Right, right. I, I, you always act like you're not ready, like oh, right. uh, I ain't prepared for shit. I'm ready. I'm right. thinking about five on my way down here. Exactly. And then the thing the, the funny thing was the follow-up from the, the first initial meeting was me hitting you up on my way again, coming through Philly, 
and knowing you had warm daddies, just watching mm -hmm. the advertisements go on. And I said, yo, uh, I'm Jay Bliss. I met you a while back, uh, coming through Philly, want to know if I can get some time. You looked at it. I saw you look at it. I was like, this dude looked at it. It took another day. And you was like, yeah, you come through. And I said, I said, this dude went on my post, was like, who is this nigga? And, was, <laughs> and looked and said, oh, this dude working. Like, he working. <laughs> he work. This cat working. He's like, okay. I had to do my due diligence. This ain't no flim flam. This yeah. dude is working. And the reason why I recognize, the reason why I knew, the reason why I knew that's what you did was when I got to the show, I was on the second half of the show, which is the part that you host, and you yeah. said, no, I'm bringing you up. And I was like, okay. Because I saw who went up before, and I'm like, oh, God, this Here is horrible. I was like, I was like, oh. <laughs> Word up. Word up. Hey, I mean, one of the best things for me is, is also for me being as, as tenured or whatever, being in the game. It's to watch that, man. Like, I love that. I love to see a guy go from host to feature, feature to headliner, yeah. headliner to superstar, whatever. I, 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 I want to see that trajectory too. And, I, and sometimes I think, you know, as far as us moving around, we don't always progress, you know. And for one reason or another, we keep taking the feature money. We keep taking the host opportunity as opposed to, you know, you got to learn how to say no. You know, like I literally, when I was at the Laugh House, my development came from me hurting who was in front of me. They never gave me anything at the Laugh House. It was like, yeah. what I was given was host. I was given that, like you can host. And then it was like, well, I don't want to host all the time. I want to feature. And it was like, well, you know, you're not ready to feature. It's like, all right, well, I'm gonna make sure your feature strong. Yeah, yeah. So then when your feature was like, yo, y'all got to move this dude. So then they started letting me feature. Yeah. Well, okay, I featured because featuring is sweet. It really is. It's probably the sweetest part. The sweet spot, bro. It's a sweet part. It's the not. <laughs> it's the not on that soft pretzel. You know what I mean? It's real good. But when you move, when you you're not you stay there too long. That's where you stay. And I'm like, nah, I'm a headliner, man. I need to be headlining. And the Laugh House was really. I don't. I don't think they were doing it intentionally. It just was like you kind of local here. Like, we can get you that, you know, we can get yeah. you there anytime we want. We're going to give these opportunities out in front of you. And it was like, to me, I'm sitting there like, how are you giving someone else an opportunity that I've earned? So I started hurting the headliners. Yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. like, Elaine Boozler, no bullshit, Elaine Boozler told them, like, to keep having him feature is a travesty because they had me feature for her. One show, Jay. You know, it's two, it was two to one. I did one show. That woman called me into her dressing room, paid me for the weekend, told me I can come and watch, but she does not need to see me on stage anymore. And and people don't people don't get that. And you see there's rooms that I headline, and then there's rooms that I feature. And A rooms will not headline me. Nope. Not on the weekend. They'll give me nope. the one nighter. Nope. They give they give nigga nights. They, they give me nigga nights. And wacky Wednesdays or Fat Tuesdays or, right. or Ha Ha Thursdays, but they will not give you that Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Like, the, for some reason, you get less funny on the weekend. Right. Now, the clubs that headlined me, that came from another feature, no, another headliner and a club owner that said, don't bring him back here as no feature. Don't bring him back here as no feature. One of the guys that booked me, he got two clubs. 
he booked me twice a year at both of his clubs. He don't care what big name come through there. He'd be like, let's get two dates at this club. He get two dates at that club. And yeah. he played every year. And yeah. he said, don't do not bring. And the reason why he does it is because he has a club that's an hour and a half away from him. And he don't want me working that club. And I'm Unless, like, all right, if you give me four dates, I'm good. Whatever it takes, bro. Fast, whatever fast. it takes, because we have to be recognized for our abilities. And I tell people that all the time. Like, I'm I'm humble. I don't mind. But I'm not featuring for somebody I shouldn't be featuring for. I don't mind featuring for who, who you see me opening up for, who you see me on the road with. Yep, I should be featuring for them. I should be featuring for Bill Bellamy. I should be featuring for some more. I should be featuring for somebody that, that I educated in my comedy class. Or I should be featuring for somebody that literally has two days in and because they got 80,000 followers. Followers. You think that they can do what I can do now? Here's the rub. I gotta be good enough to say no, because what happens is a lot of us don't say no. Then you gonna go do the show, be mad, be bitching, but it's like just say no, just say no. Nah, I'm worth more, or I need more money. And if you if you say that money the right way, they're not gonna give it to you because they don't want to pay that to a feature. They be like, nah, we can get somebody to feature for this month. Well, that's what you want to do, right? Because my rate is this, right? And, and, and then they hit you with the, you want that much for 20 minutes? Oh, it don't matter how long I'm doing. That's my rate. <laughs> if I was you, I'd keep you there all night. But <laughs> you, you go ahead and do 20 minutes if you want. My rate is my rate. <laughs> and, and that comes with that comes with seasonality, like people being seasoned and just being in this game long enough to understand that you're going to get what you, what you ask for. Yeah, so right. some people are afraid. Like that whole conversation we got with bookers and promoters, yo, how much for this? Here's the price. Yo, what? I like, dude, you asked me the question. So what's your budget? Because I'm going to tell you whether I can work with you because I, I, I just gave you my price. I tell now, people all the time. You tell budget. me whether, well, I can find somebody else. Hey, man, you call me. So go ahead. Like, you need help? You need help? <laughs> I'll call them for you. Exactly. Matter of fact, I'll book it. Exactly. I'm exactly. at that level, Jay, where I booked the show. I'm like, well, you know what? You can't afford me for that much, but I will get you somebody. And I will, what I'll do is I'll put my name on it so right. that you know it's legit. I'll make sure they got put the business on top of it. I'll pay them out of my – but, nah, you're not going to get Toure for that much. Right. You get Comedy by Toure events to book a show for you for that much, but right. you're not going to get me for that much. What what so let me ask you this and I, I saw some of the v interview that you did with Hank Denson. Shout out to Hank Denson, man. That's a that's a good brother. That's a good um, brother. Yeah. Um, and the way you started, I never knew how you started, but that was strange to me that you started yeah. from an open mic. Somebody came to you and said, "I think you're funny." You went and got a taste of it. Was like, wait a minute, this is a, I I got fifty dollars. And it was like, that was like, put the little seed in your, because I never thought I would, I would be a comedian. Like, I, right. I, somebody would have told me I was people, I'm like, man, whatever. I never thought that I would be a comedian. I didn't think that was your experience as well. I thought it was yeah. something that was ingrained in you. It was like, yo, this is what I'm going to do. So, um, and then the college thing, like, me, I, same thing. Like, I went through college. I went through all these other things. I'm in the corporate world, and I just went on stage. Yeah. And everything for, changed. Yeah, for me, I mean, comedy was something, stand-up comedy was something, even as a kid, I always appreciated. I was always a fan of it. Um, that is, you know, my grandmother pretty much had a speakeasy in her basement. She would run card games. And 
So when, you know, like that was on Friday, Saturday, but I'd be with my grandma's during the week and I could literally go in the basement and listen to records. And she had all, it wasn't just, that's the thing. It wasn't just Richard Pryor, Red Fox. It was Wild Man Steve. She had Steve Martin. She had party record where it wasn't really just comedy, but they were singing funny songs. It was just so much right. that I got experience. I mean, I remember listening to George Carlin. And what struck, what struck me, Jay, is the fact that I'm listening to George Carlin, I'm listening to Richard Pryor, and I'm eight, nine years old, but I knew these dudes were funny. Right. And what was mesmerizing to me, what my kitty brain couldn't wrap around was, how they so funny and I can't see them. Dude. Like in my head, it was like, yo, I see everything he's saying, but right. I'm looking at this record cover 50 times to try to get some, some sort of visual confirmation. So my first introduction to stand-up comedy was a audio. Yeah. So my practice became that. I was aware of what was funny from hearing it. Right. So when I would become, you know, as I became a teenager and older, I was always quick, able to regurgitate something real quick. My timing was always impeccable because it's funny, you know, us having twins, yeah. uh, your children, you know, just having children in general, but, but both of us have twin girls. Uh, your kids sometimes pick up on your, your abilities and traits. Well, having twins, both of them, one of my daughters is corny. She can't even tell a joke, just corny. Wow. The other one has comic timing down. Like if she, when she opens her mouth, it's relevant. Like she knows when to say it, she knows how to say it. The other one is like she laughs through the jokes. She she messed up the punchline because she laughed. Like <laughs> but anyway, um, I say that to say for me, as I moved into it, it was like someone told me I was funny because of how I sounded. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? It was like, yo, yeah. I hear you talking all the time. You funny. And I'm like, okay. So my path started that way. And then, like I said, I fell and I really fell in love with it. It was like, wow. Like it was I, I, I can only explain to you like this. Years after, I said to my parents, because my parents are very close, I said, what did y'all think when I said I wanted to be a comedian? My mom said, for real? I said, yeah. She said, I thought you had lost your mind. <laughs> she said, I put, you know, we put you through, you in Catholic school, K through 12, you going to college, you're supposed to be a lawyer. Then you come home and talk about you want to be a comedian. And my dad was like, I said, my, I said, you know, so I looked at my dad and he was like, yeah, we, we thought you had slipped. I was like, he was like, but I did say, he said, well, Vera, let's go see him. Let's let's see him. Because I was already doing it, kind of dabbling. Right. And let's see him. And if he's no good, then we'll, you know, we'll tell him. But he said, we came to see you and you were great. And we never looked back as a That's family. Dope. That's dope, fled. bro. I've always had their support. Um, I've always had their support. And it's funny because I've had their support, but also my friends. Like my first apartment. Uh, my friends weren't comedians. My friends aren't comedians. They're regular, you know, workers, or as we call them, civilians. Civilians, and, right. You know, I'm sitting on the couch one day, and my boy come in. He said, man, you got work tonight? I'm like, what you mean? I don't have no job. He's like, you got a show tonight? I'm like, no. He's like, then you don't have to work. He's like, your work are your shows. Your job is your shows. And I'm like, wow. Like, my, it was always easy for what I did to be respected amongst my loved ones. Yeah. So it was, it was easy for me to put it up top. Like, it was going to be respected by those who didn't know me. Like, nah, I got to work. I'm a comedian. I'm a professional. I have a job. I just work for myself. Yeah. So, yeah. That's, that's dope, man. Um, the one thing, when you talk about respect, uh, how, how easy for people to disrespect you in your profession is when people say stuff like, 
oh man, I, I was going to try comedy or I, I, I'm still thinking about doing it. Like, dude, what part of them, them introducing me as a comedian made you automatically just say, yeah, I'm thinking about doing it too? I very rarely, to people who don't know me at all, tell them what I do. Like, I let I, them- I, I hate I doing let, it too. I've been on, I know you've been on the flight where they go, well, what do you do? I let them assume whatever, <laughs> like, I've, and I, to me, I, that's the fun flight where I got to impersonate being a reverend. Yeah. You know, like, I, I got to impersonate being a pastor or whatever that lady said. It was like, yeah, yeah. So I've been a basketball player on the flight. I've been a rapper. Oh, I've, been, yes. uh, I've been, you know, because even if you tell them a comedian, here's the second question. Well, well do you know Kevin? Or do right. you know this comedian? Right. Or do you know, or, or people think when you do something in entertainment, your your uh, validation comes from them knowing you or not. Well, I've, I've never heard of you. Right. Yeah, well, thankfully, my bank has. Because right. the check that I put in for doing comedy is still clear. Like, I get it. Yo, I'm not famous, but I'm still a comedian. So, right, right. Yeah, it's like some people some people don't get it, man. It's like... um. I, I mean, airplanes. Your your um your soliloquies that you put on uh, online about the airplane stuff is so funny because it's the if people knew you or who you are as a person, they know that's yeah. not you at all. Right, but right. The arrogance about the post is so funny, and it's yeah. like I'm reading through it like in its entirety, just knowing that the punchline is coming. You understand yeah. what I'm saying? And people. Yeah. It's funny just the reactions. Because some people take it what, so serious. I didn't know, man. Like I you know what? It's starting everything for me starts from a real place. Nothing I do is posturing. I can't stand posturing. I can't stand fake people. So it's like I started right after 9-11 when we was flying, you know, right after 9-11, you know, we have to work, so I'm going to work. And I started taking a picture with my hand up to my face with my watch showing so people could see what time it was when the flight took off. Right. So it was like, I started just having little captions and then it became, I was sitting in first class. I started, you know, because I, I accumulated miles and now I'm flying and now I'm, you know, being more successful. So now I'm sitting in first class. So it was like, I gotta say something about the people who ain't. And it just started taking on life of its own, man. Like, <laughs> like when I posted, you know, I think I posted, and then the flight takes off. So I go on airplane, but when I land, and it's like three hundred comments and yeah. nine hundred likes, I'm like, just from a picture of me yeah. on the plane. Yeah. But it's really what I, you know, what I wrote, and I appreciate that because it means that the writing is good too. You know? Right, and it's just entertainment. <laughs> like people, people are really easily entertained, but you want to be entertained by people that get paid to be funny, like you. Right. Like, it's not necessarily the person that has the viral video because eventually that's going to run out. But yeah. somebody that's good with their pen or somebody that knows wordplay or somebody that knows how to set up a joke properly and get the punchline across in a misdirection or whatever it may be. It's yep. like all of those things uh, come into play. And I, I know when, when you first started, you had mentors. And a lot of your mentors aren't in the game anymore. Um, which is a little deflating at times when you sit there and you sit back and go, wow, I'm as many years in as I was when my mentor started working with me. Right. And it, it can be deflating, right? So what is it like in Philly right now from the time you started to where you are now? You're being the elder statesman. I was in Willingboro, New Jersey, doing a showcase for Bob Sumner and – 
Ken Jones and some other cats, young cats showed up. I always run into Ken. I ran, I met Ken in Iowa. That's a long story in itself. <laughs> so, but every time I'm in Philly, I see him at a comedy spot. I'm like, dude, you stay in a room. And I, I, I appreciate your grind, man. I do. Um, but they were talking, and your name came up like five different times. I said, this dude is the eldest statesman in this whole community when it comes to comedy. So I was like, what I, what I want to know is, is how do you feel as the eldest statesman and being the face of comedy almost in Philly? Like, I don't really know too many people that don't mention you when they say Philly comedy. Um, it feels good. Yeah. You know, I can't, I can't, I was, it's funny, I was just talking to my mom is right, uh, earshot away. Just talking to my mom before I got on with you about that. And cause I did uh, my boy, Derek Gaines, you know, Derek, he has a podcast. I did his podcast yesterday. Right. And they kept saying him and Monroe Martin just kept saying, you know, two, you've been at it for a while. You've been at it for a while. And I was like, all right, that third for a while. Let me relax. <laughs> but I had to realize, man, I started when I was 19. I'm 47. That's dope, though. Um, you know, to be blessed to be this mildly successful, this widely respected for so long, it's nothing but a blessing. As far as the, uh, the elder statesman became, honestly, and this is what happened. It was a real thing. I got to a point where I was in the laugh house and I was kind of like, shackled like I, I wasn't growing i wasn't growing as a comedian i'm throwing all these shows i'm promoting all these shows and i'm watching comedians come to town we get their money and go and i'm just kind of just sitting here so i kind of like blew everything away and was like yo i'm going after mine and that's when my assault on new york started it was like i was just in new york all the time yeah. so because i wanted to build who Ray was and from that i ended up getting def jam i ended up getting montreal comedy festival i ended up doing uh, comic View, all in the same year. It was like, I got a Microsoft commercial. It was crazy. Yeah, that management was just like, because I applied myself in that lane. Right. But I do have a joy from promoting shows. I get I get, a, I, I get joy out of promoting shows. I like, pro I get the same thrill out of promoting a good show as I have doing a good set. I cannot say that it, it, it's a difference, but I can't say that I don't get anything out of it. I do. I enjoy promoting and putting on shows. So I remember when I'm at Mad River in Philly, it's closed now. We had just did a little show, something I performed, whatever, and I'm standing out. You know how the comedians love to talk after the show. Oh, yeah. So, we, you know, we're standing around till 4 in the morning. Like, no BS, man. It's a sidebar. Me, Patrice O'Neal, Will Silvance, Joe DeRosa, Ken, Keith Robinson stood in front of the comedy cellar one night and was talking. And it wasn't until Will was like, yo, is that the sun coming up? Yo. That we decided to walk to our car. Like, we – so – Anyway, I'm outside of Mad River and we just talking. I'm talking, I'm over here talking to this group of comedians and I keep hearing some younger comedians spitting misinformation. Like they say one wrong thing. They say another wrong thing. It was like, the third wrong thing I turned around, I said, who told you that? And they were like, they said, whoever they said, and I'm like, that's for their club. Whoever told you that, that works for their club, but you can't apply that to you as a comedian. And I realized there's so much misinformation yeah. that a young comedian could just veer off. Like, and if nobody tells you this way, you won't. I was fortunate to have people tell me this way. I was fortunate enough to have comedians that gave a crap to grab me. And I say, totally be my mentor. My mentor is specific. His name is D. Lee. Everybody knows that. No, D. Lee, yeah. But the pastors by the Javon Pearson, the Ronnie Longs, the Dick Tracy's, the, the Keith Robinson's, the Ralph Harris. The Chris Thomases, they always gave me a kind word. And they didn't have to. I yeah. know that they didn't have to. Right. But they would always say, hey, young fella, 
you you know, did you that joke you do do this? That they would they would give a shit, and right. I know they didn't have to. Right. And so I was just looking that night, and I was just like, man, you know what? I can give a shit. I can help these comedians. I know I could. So I started doing comedy by Tere stand up workshop, and that started at the Laugh House. And I mean, that morphed it, you know, year to year workshops. That morphed into what I have now, which is Philadelphia Comedy College. And to this day, Jay, like when I say graduated, like literally did a comedy class, workshop, mentorship, I've graduated over 150 comedians. Yeah. So that part is not by mistake, but the part where I still get, I'm, I'm here for them. And I tell them, that. I'm like, my phone, my, my number ain't changed. Since I got a cell phone, I got the same number. I'm very proud of it. I have the same phone number. If you need me, call. I ain't gonna call y'all. I ain't gonna, okay. if you want if you want to come on one of these shows and open up for me and you see this post on Instagram, call me up. But I ain't calling y'all. The show already booked. I don't have to call y'all. Right. So it became a thing of what I can do, I can help. But if I, you know, like I'm a help along the way. And if you're serious about it, you're gonna get out of it as much as you want. And it's just been a great thing to watch happen. And again, that pride in Philly, because if you look. A lot of what's going on in comedy, a lot of them faces that you see starting to filter in, are, are out of my out of my out of my out of my Bill Walsh tree. You yeah, know what I'm yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> They're coming out of my tree, so I'm I'm very appreciative of that because it goes, it all just goes back to Philly. It all goes back to where we started and how we started and how we re uh, respect comedy and how we want to be funny and, and make a difference in this world. So always, man, that that's that's dope, man. Um. And then we do have a, a thing in common with twin daughters. Yeah, uh, that's a that's a of a, a, a task in itself. Uh, I went crazy just realizing the fact that I had twin girls. Yours are yours are almost grown, um, and I, I mine are only twelve. But I see the similarities just for the conversation and things like that. Some of the jokes that you have, I, I yes. watched that too. I think you did a joke one time about. <laughs> You taking your daughters to fast food and like, daddy, she don't um they don't they don't eat happy meals no more. <laughs> I was yeah. like, yo, that's your man expensive. Yo, <laughs> these are true stories, yo. The tr <laughs> it's, it's true story. Like we was in McDonald's and it was like we was in, and it was like, Dad, we don't eat happy meals no more. And I'm like, <laughs> what, what y'all you know, like what y'all want? And they knew what they wanted, and you know, I I take it and, and put the comic into it. But there was a true, like my my babies had to tell me, like, we ain't there no more. Right. So the second one, the the realest one, is the one where uh, my daughter thought I was a clown. Um, what? And we're like, all right. So one day we had to, we had the dinner table, and it's funny because I'm with, I was with uh, my son's mom at the time. I'm no longer with her, but right. we had the dinner table, and the daughters is with me, and I'm sitting facing my son's mom, and my daughters are facing each other. So we just talking and. I say, ladies, because that's what I call them. I say, ladies, do you know what dad does for a living? They about six. Right. So I'm like, you know what I do for a living? And they like, no. And I was like, I'm a comedian. And they were both like, you know, the word through them all. And they was like, what's that? And I was like, I go, I tell jokes, people laugh, they give me money. I come home, feed you, pay the bills. Right. My daughter Sunaya, who's like that, Sunaya goes, I saw you on TV before, dad. Like smiling, I'm all proud, like, yeah, you know, right. <laughs> <laughs> perfect timing. Ture looked me dead in my face. She's like, so you like a clown. <laughs> now, let me tell you, that's, that's how I tell a joke, and it goes very well. But let me tell you what was really funny. 
my lady, my ex at the time, my right. ex was facing me. She was like, nigga, if you could have seen your face. <laughs> she, said, she said, that little girl broke you. <laughs> she said, if you, if you, she said, the joke is one thing, your face? <laughs> she said, that little girl broke you. And I mean, but you know, so yeah, man, having these girls, and it's funny because Derek and uh, Monroe asked me on the podcast, they said, how did you balance being a dad? I said, I didn't balance. I dove into dad. Yeah. And, yeah. I, you know, like God has blessed me, man. Like he really has in the aspect of the comedy just was there. But I dove into dad. And again, like I said, from top to bottom, my family, my friends, everybody respects it. So even yeah. the moms know dad got to go to work. You know, yeah. when he's home, he's home. But it, when I got to get on that road and go get this money, let me do that. So I can get back. Right. Because that's also something that changed before kids. Oh my God. I remember the first day I went to get on a plane after the twins was born. Yeah. It was I had a break, I had a breakdown at the gate. Like I, was, I had a nervous breakdown. And because it was like all of a sudden that flight had to come back. Not yeah, to say it didn't before. Yeah. I just realized before it was like it's just me. Who cares? Now it was like, man, if this flight don't get back, somebody somebody's Nah. So they became my purpose. And um, even when I attacked New York, my daughter uh, needed me. So I had to come back. I had to come back to Philly and, and, and get my kids. And, and that was a great experience for me to be able to have them with me, to have custodial, uh, you know, to be the custodial parent and to raise, you know, at this point now they're 12 and 10, 10 and 12 and 10 years old. And I, I got, I had them from that point on, but to raise them through the teenage years and all of that. It was rewarding for me as well to do it, but also it had to be done. So, right, right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's good, man. My daughters, um, I find myself a lot of times trying to parent me out of my daughter, one of my daughters. <laughs> um, you, said, well, you said that earlier about one of your yeah. daughters with the comedic timing. Yeah. One of my daughters, she's me up and down, man. And I mean, look like, act like, I, everything, and I'm going, Mama. You cannot be the class clown. You can't. Dude, like, you can't be I, a clown, and, and you cannot. And, and see, part of it is me, and then part of it is a mother. So she likes to joke with people, but then she's sensitive. And I go, Mama, you can't dish it out and can't take it because you can't cry after you to get with somebody's right. like you back. So right. she can't. She can't balance it right now because she's twelve. I'm like, look, right. Right. just stop trying to joke on people. Right. You know what I'm saying? So. Right. But but then I Teacher tell you this. Teacher, uh, the best offense is a fantastic defense. Right. I was always that. I was always that. I was always just sitting there waiting. And it was like, okay. Right. Okay. And, then, and then you, once you got me to a point where I opened my mouth, you didn't open yours no more. It was like, yeah. So my whole comedic background came mm -hmm. from Jonin, stuff like mm -hmm. that. But that came from my twin sister growing up was overweight. So, you know, cats growing up, they got jokes. And I had to either get on people every day after school, like, yo, what'd you say about my sister? I heard you talking shit. We want to fight, you know, still like <laughs> So, good right. fight everybody. That's, that's still I, your I, fight everybody. Right. My sister was like, yo, leave yeah. me alone. Let me handle this or whatever. So then I had to become comedic. So then it was like, yo, he gonna get to snapping on you. He get to snapping on you, he ain't gonna stop till somebody wanna fight. So it was like, yo, so it was like, you know, then after a while I was like, yo, Jay Cool, don't mess with her because that's Jay's sister. So then it was like, it was like a, a, a graduation of things of sorts. Right. So, and then like, so when I see my twins, 
um, and I see the one that acts so silly all the time, and the other one, she she can't tell a joke, but she has great dry humor. Mm. Her humor is cerebral. Right, right, and right. I, and I appreciate her more because I go, you make me laugh organically. Right. Right. You're silly, and that's the that's what I got to deal with at the at the table. You see what I'm saying? Right, right. So I'll have one that'll say something like, uh, "We was walking through the mall, and it said biggest sale of the year." And my daughter goes, "It's January." I was like, <laughs> "I was like, go." My other daughter's like, "I don't get it." I was like, "Whatever." I was right, like, right, right, right. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> "So, so that's yeah. what we deal with, man." It is, man. It's like I said, it's just a, for me, it's a blessing to watch. Like I said, I, I watch them a lot. I sit back and uh, watch them. As you said, they're, you know, they're, they're not grown nowhere right. near. Uh, right. They're only 17 and right. they'll never be grown to me, but to watch them yeah. develop into their own personalities. Like that's wild to me. Like my daughter messed up. My daughter, my daughter Sunai is a lot like me. She's probably closest to me. Uh-huh. But she's a lot stronger and a lot more fearless than I was. As a kid, I was a, I wasn't I wasn't as fearless as she is. Like Sunai, I went, I took them to the beach one time, <laughs> and you know how they you swim. They, they everybody knows how to swim like fish. Thanks to my dad, we all know how to swim. My dad, uh, uh, Naval Academy, all that. So we all know how to swim. And we go to the beach, and, and you know I look up and she's talking about dad. Man, she was out there in one of them dings, like one of them. Oh, the little boys, like, <laughs> right? And I'm like, you know, as a five, you know, you you want to be strong, but it she scared me. It was like, yo, uh, come back, cause I don't want to come get you. And then, you know, with Turay, is you know, Sunai is Sunai is fearless and, and all of that, but she's a bookworm. Right. Uh, Turay's more social, right. but lazy. So it's like, you know, yeah. it's just the, the difference in personalities, man. But I, again, I wouldn't trade any of it for anything. Like, I, I appreciate how it all worked out and, and it's working out. I appreciate being there. I wasn't, I wasn't going to be able to be the parent that could just leave my kids and, and go on the road or leave my kids and be a comedian all the time. Like, I, I you know, sometimes I need to be near them. You know, it, it keeps me... It keeps me uh, level, keeps me relevant, and and you know keeps it. That's my drive. You right. know, they don't they don't care where the money come from. You know, mine, they, mine like, too, man. It's yeah. it's so funny, man. We like talk about it, and people don't really get it. But the fact that I had girls, it calmed me down a lot. But at the same time, it's like it's so eye opening because they look at me for everything. I mean, yes, man. I, their mother does a great job, but it's something about daddy to them. Is that daddy to them? Well, I mean, you know this, Coach K. I mean, you know Coach. I remember I'm watching a Coach K interview, and it was this made the interview might be seven years old now. The dude said, yeah. "Coach, about Coach, you're over sixty. When are you retiring?" And it's Coach K, one of the greatest coaches ever. Yeah. Coach K said, "Well, I got three daughters, so probably never." I said, "Damn, if Coach <laughs> K can't sit down, I'm in trouble." Yeah, man, it's you know dude. This always gonna be. They, they yes, gonna be something. And you, know, you don't this, want them to ask for it from nobody. Else. Nobody else. And nope. that's, that's the crazy thing, man. And, like, my mind, I've always been honest with my daughters. Like, from the time they get taught, you know, you know daddy wanted a boy, right? You know, like, right. It's like, you know right. but but they meet me halfway because my right. girls are athletes, man. And I'll be like, yeah. yo. And, and and when I tell you I go places and I'll be talking cash shit, like, I see that's the, mine are, like, the, they fashion models. So it's, it's oh, yeah. 
I'll be I'll be bored. You be at the games hype like. Oh <laughs> man, dude, and it's funny because it's the it's the Chambers twins, but uh, you know the, the basket one just picked up basketball. That's all she wanted to do. Like she don't want to mm. do nothing else. Her mom played basketball, so she been picked up after her mom. But she got a shot, and it's like she don't stop shooting. And I go, when you that young and you don't stop shooting, it's good. You know what I mean? Right. Like she'll right. find an open man, but she'll take that shot in a minute. And a little one, she just athletic. She don't, it don't care what she doing. She gonna find a way to do it. And she aggravates the hell out of the one that's technical. So she's technical <laughs> about her skill. The other one just be like, ha, 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 ha. And she like, I'm like, yo, <laughs> like, you be wilding. And then you playing one-on-one now, man. And that joint get violently ill, oh, like yeah, competitive, man. Oh, yeah. And I be like, y'all can't be that mad over no game, yo. You know what I mean? Right. But then right. that's me. That's me coming out of it. Yes. You know what yes. I mean? So, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a good thing, man. Like I say, them little girls, man, it's something extra. Yes. But twins yes. in itself, and it's amazing to me how many comedians have twins. I don't know what the the thing is about that, but it's yeah, tons man. of us. Tons yes, of us. It's, 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 it's called revenge. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I, I don't feel like I was that much of a player, man, to be getting no twin girls, man. For real, bro. I got <laughs> my first three was girls, man. So oh like, my god! I was like, oh, that's how you gonna do me? Oh and man! Then, and then I got two boys, so I, 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 I I'm good, man. I, 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 I got built-in babysitters in my. I stopped right after. I was like, I, uh, uh-uh. uh. I was like, no. I said, two girls. I was like, nah. Because if I had another girl, I'd have been done, bro. So, <laughs> you pulled. You didn't want to pull off a Kobe, huh? I didn't know, nah, man. I didn't want that, man. Yeah. So I was I was going to stop after the three girls, but you know, you know how that go. I know how that go. Yeah. <laughs> and listen, I'm I, listen. Ain't nobody, ain't nobody saying it still can't happen. I just don't want to be that old dad, though. I just nah, don't. man. I'm done. I shut yeah. the factory down. But uh, yeah, you know, and my youngest is eight. He just turned eight this year, so wow. I'm good with that, man. I'm I, I'm really really enjoying this part. Man, now I saw you recently just started a podcast. Which, yes, which is good, man. And I will, I will touch on this for a second. Uh, I like your realness, whether it's a podcast or your post or whatever. The fact that you have people still rah 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 you know, on your on your comments is funny because I'm like, oh, he gonna kill his dude, right? Right, yeah, like, like nigga, kill this dude. I know what I posted. Please don't come for me. Right, right, and it's so funny because like your commentary and and I, when I first saw your podcast, I said, this dude is no way he gonna last because it's like you you you're so energetic within your opinions, right? But you're doing it by yourself. Like, you know, guess you're just going in. And I'm like, yeah, I remember doing them joints. I was like, them joints, after a while, you just get tired of trying to reiterate yourself over and over again. But what I'm telling you is your point of view, like, you always have facts. I, like, you never just come out just like, rah, 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 and just rant or whatever. You actually have the facts to back up what you're saying. But I think you get more energy from you already know who going to get on your post and what they're going to say. And you always go, I already know y'all going to say this. I already know y'all going to say that. Don't come on my post talking about this. But if you do, this is what I got to say about it. What's amazing to me on social media, and, and honestly, that's why I started the podcast. It was like, well, first of all, with COVID, I definitely wanted to. And shit, no BS, D. Lee called me. D. Yeah. called me. No, not called me, FaceTime me. And I'm like, you know, never FaceTime. So he FaceTime me. He's like, what are you doing? I'm like. You know, I'm chilling on the deck. He's like, no, what are you doing? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? 
I said, I don't know. He said, why haven't you started your podcast? He's like, what you need help? You need me? He said, you need my help? I'll help you. He's like, well, I'm just trying to figure out why. I said, D, everybody tell me. He said, this is everybody. I said, everybody tell me. He said, I ain't everybody. I'm telling you. You need that podcast. I said, too, I don't always agree with what you think. I don't always think what you're saying is is uh, 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 something that I, I necessarily think is right. He said, but I always hear what you're saying. He said, if I hear it, that means anybody else hears he said, yeah, you man. need to get on top of that podcast. So when I started, it was like, yo, this is just because I get tired of typing out this launch on Facebook to y'all because I already know what I want to say. I already know what I feel. I already know you're not going to pretty much tell me anything to change what I feel on this subject. Right. But I also know that that's currency now. Like, you know, 10 years ago, who cared what you thought? Now, not only do I care, but I give you an endorsement. Not only do I care, but I give 50,000 uh, views and all that. So, yeah, that's uh, something I'm definitely going to continue to do because it gives me uh, ability to voice things that I don't always want to take on stage with me. Right. You know, I don't want to be that guy. Don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with that guy. I just, it's just not me. Like I want, When I step on stage, I want to have a good time, and I want everybody in the audience to have a good time. Sure, I want you to think. Sure, I want you to leave out of here respecting Black people a little bit more. But... I also want you to have a good time. Yeah. I also want you to know you was among friends. I don't care what color you are, where your background is. I want you to know that when we were sitting here for this 40 minutes to an hour and a half comedy show, we was family. Yeah. You know, I'd rather that vibe. So I get it for the guy, for the for the comedian that that's different, for the comedian that does have the confrontational vibe, that does have the come listen to a sermon vibe. That's cool. And that's a great thing. There's lanes for that. I just don't necessarily want to be that. And if I can get that out on the podcast and it can it can go that way, and I can go this way as a comedian. Right. And then like like I said, like if there can be a situation, I, I think it was one post that you put up that I, I think I shared it. I wanted to share, I don't know what it was, but you had broke it down so perfectly when we were talking about the um the Kaepernick situation when it first popped off. And yo, I, that, yo, sidebar, <clears throat> real right. I lost a friend over that nigga. Yeah, but I, I I stopped saying I stopped saying that. I lost friend over that brother, man. Like, I, I, listen, I did too. I lost two people. I was like, yo, we ain't rocking. Cause I'm like, your energy is going in the wrong direction. Like, like this brother, like literally the after what was said on the Facebook post, I got a text like, keep that same energy. I'm like, wow. Like I I think I was like, did you just threaten me? Yeah, yeah. Yo, I, I ain't saying it like that. I said, I don't know how any other way for you to say it. Yeah, that's how I took and it. And when I tell you I have not spoken to him since, to the point where a friend in common was like, yo, what's up? I say, yo, I'm letting you know I don't fuck with that nigga. Like, I got called. Like, I feel like I'm in the middle. I say, you're not in the middle. I'm telling you now, I don't fuck with him, so don't bring him near me, or don't you put me in a position where I'm going to be near him. You right. know it. And he was I, like, yo, even if he apologized, I said, you can't apologize for threatening me. Because <laughs> <laughs> there was no need. There was no nah. need to threaten me. Nah, you, you ain't that. Nah, you just stuff. Yeah. yeah. But you yeah, feel- it got that emotional on yeah. Facebook because as I tell people all the time, as my mom told me, you speak so well. So I'm able to talk. I'm able to convey my thoughts. I'm able to type. I'm able to convey my thoughts through print. So I'm not always the person you want to come at on Facebook because when I get to what I'm doing, now you feel embarrassed because I lit you up. And it really ain't nothing but me <laughs> defending my post. I don't be on nobody else's shit. 
Your no, team right come here. on nobody <laughs> post, like, hey, I'll be right here defending my post. So yeah, man. Right. And I, mean, I got called a I got low-key called a coon. I ain't get low-key. I got straight up. And um I said, um, I told him, I said, look, man, you crossed the line. I said, so when you see me, I want you to have that same energy, and I want you to confront me. I said, because you was a cornball in school. Don't try to buff your chest out like you somebody different on, on Facebook. On Facebook, see right. Me, you see me at homecoming, bring that same energy. Because I'm going to handle it the way I always handle it. We're going to be men first, and if you got that same energy, we'll go the other way. Right. Think, but I'm not backing down, right? So it was all because somebody said, you should boycott the season. And I was like, why? And then dude was like, oh, I said, dude, I just asked you why. Right. My question is, this doesn't help. The, the NFL ain't got nothing to do with the black dude dying from the cops. I'm like, so what are you arguing with the NFL for? Why are we not protesting in front of the police station? Like, what, what, why are we not boycott? Like, let's, let's, let's boycott Dunkin' Donuts for a moment. Like, let's do something else that, like, to hurt the cops. Like, why, like, what are you doing? Like, so, I'm like, the NFL don't got nothing to do. Well, cabinet work, I said, dude, where you work? And I, I started going through this whole situation, and they, like, they didn't get it. They like, oh, you're just selling out, da, 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 da. Lo and behold, my team won the Super Bowl that year. So I'm like, all right, listen, listen. I wasn't missing that for nothing. I don't give a darn what y'all talking about. I don't care. Like, I, I'm still. I said, look, remember I said that? I said, I said, Eagles fans going to be talking that boycott shit until about week seven. <laughs> and y'all was like six and one or seven and oh. And I was like. <laughs> I said, and it was funny because, and he probably was at New Bar as an Eagles fan. But the thing about it is, you, you got to look at. You we get sidebarred quick. Kanye West, perfect example. This is a monkey wrench in the middle of, a, of, of the thing, and it's like, oh yeah, I'm voting for Kanye. Why? Because they don't trust Biden. I'm like, dude, come on, bro. Like, what are you doing at this point? You can't, you can't even see what this is, you know. And it's just, um, I get mad at us more than I have to be, but it's because I'm on social media. Yes, man. I'm telling you, your social media. I, I think my lowest point was when Nipsey Hussle got killed. Yeah. And it was like, y'all can't be this dumb. Yeah. But but we but you are. And that it was like I really I was like, I can't do this. I'm not gonna do this with y'all no more. Right. I, I'm not gonna do that. I'm not gonna go back and forth. I'm gonna say what I gotta say. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to keep it peaceful. Like I had a girl tell me on social media the other day. Um, she was like, I don't know what it was, but I was I was joking with a friend. I wasn't even talking to her. I was talking to to the friend of mine on her post and I was joking. I was like, well. I thought you was mad at me, but since I, because the girl was like, I blocked somebody today. I was like, oh, I'm glad you ain't blocked me because I know you was mad at me earlier, but you, I, I can still see this, so we good. Totally another girl gonna come on and talk about, you know, boo, you always begging for attention and blah, blah, blah. I said, hey, I said, this is exactly what I comment. I said, oh man, damn, I messed up again. I'm sure I'm gonna get it right at some point. Um, that's the problem. You think everything is a joke, leave some things on, you know, leave the jokes for the stage, blah, blah, blah. I said, now, what has sparked this was there was a previous post. It was like just this wide open post on my men are threatened around gay men because they know what it's like to be objectified like a woman. I commented some. Again, on a friend's post, this same girl that's not the friend 
comes to, re well, if you really weren't worried about it, you wouldn't have replied. And I said, you, and this is what I said, Jay, this is crazy part. I said, you know what? You're right. I said, we need to start to respond to people how they should be responded to as opposed to how we think they are to be responded to. However, I do think that there will always be some confusion because all of this can't be discussed in a meme, which is what she posted. Exactly. No response. Right. Other she wait, she wait to the other thing. I said, and that's what I said. I said, damn, says I said, I just apologize with you know for my ignorance on the other folks. No response. I come over here and make a joke. Hellfire. Yeah, see, what you need to do is shut up and listen. Um uh, Cause you've been weighed and found wanting and lacking for a long time. Just keep fucking that chicken, boo. Ah. Inbox. Who you talking about? Cause my wife's name is this. Oh no, I ain't mean it like that. I said, I don't know what you meant, but let me explain something to you right here, right now. I'm a grown man. Yep. And I have a, a, a female in my life that is not a chicken. So, Unless you want me to forward this to her so you can deal with her on her layer, woman to woman, I would suggest you delete that comment. Yeah. She deleted it. The chick know me, but was on some like extra. It was like, what is this? You keep fucking that chick. And it was like, where is this? Where where do we get this violent? But then, and that's so that was let's say today's Wednesday. So let's say that was Sunday or so we had this violent weekend, right? Yes. I posted, I said, I think a lot of these kids have confrontations on social media that end in when I see you. Yeah. I can only assume that based on how we as adults, I'm 47, and you talking to me all crazy. Yeah. So imagine these kids talking to each other. It ain't sweet, and it ain't on Facebook where you can see it. It's in them little, little chats, or, or it's an emoji somewhere on the wrong TikTok, and then they see each other at the mall. Yup. And it's on. Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah, think, social media think, think about that. You, yeah, think about talent. that from the time we came up and how it is now. Like it's it's the same thing, but it, it would just happen in a different way. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I yeah. mean, it's we about the same age, so it's like me me growing up in Camden and Willingboro, and you grew up in Philly. It was all the same area, same same beef, same stuff, same meet up on South Street, all that nonsense. Yeah. You know but we saying? wasn't on the we wasn't on the like you said it was it wasn't on the it was like if it was real it was real. Other than that. Talk was talk. Like, yeah, on, man, right. Man. <laughs> Go ahead, man. Y'all ain't, ain't gonna do nothing because y'all would have did it already. You know, and it was always that dude standing there talking about y'all ain't y'all would just gonna do it already, man. Get out of here. You know what I mean? Beat it, you know, scram. So I mean, um social media, I think if if I wasn't a comedian, I wouldn't be on Facebook. Right. I'm I'm dead serious. I I would not be on Facebook if I wasn't nope. a comedian. Nope. Um I, I I I battle with it from time to time. Um <laughs> I mean, like, if I just left, do I? Will I stop getting gigs? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's really a tool that I just use. But man, I, I, I like Instagram so much better. You just scroll and I, double I, tap I, here and there, and maybe I, look at a DM. But you I just do scroll. like, yeah. I mean, like, like I say, it's it's less it's less in, in, invasive and it's less less in involved. Like, I don't yeah. have to dig down and 
and read all the comments and go through right. all this and people commenting on what you say and what you mean by that. Like, why'd you so read? What are you like talking that? to you? Bro? Yeah, like, <laughs> like, like why why you don't know how to reply. I'm like, I'm, I'm, like, I'm sorry, I forgot to put the little smiley emoji after I said what I said. Let me reintroduce myself. I'm a comedian. I'm just telling a joke. You know what I mean? Like, well, you shouldn't joke about stuff like that. You should get off Facebook. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> that's what I'm right. telling and I mean, I, I I love that when I remind people, I'm like, yo, this this my post. Oh, I like, I'm, I'm on my page. I'm not on your you on my page. Like you came on my page and got mad at me like that. That was the crazy thing with the brother I was friends with, and we had a falling out because I said to him because previous to this he had been exhibiting some behavior that I was like, I don't really like that. Like right. I mean, on some man, like he had posted something about y'all don't really like dark skinned women. This dude oh. is married. He married to a dark-skinned girl. I'm like, wow. So I unfollowed him. We still friends, but I wouldn't see his post. So when I made my post about Kaepernick, all the exchange was on my post. And right. I told him that. And I, wanted, I said, yo, I don't even follow you, my dude, because I looked at it like our friendship is more than social media. Right. Because I don't agree with some of the things you said. I didn't think I had to follow you. I said, but you talking to me like on social media. I said, you talking to me on Facebook like like we not friends. Like I don't know you. Right. And it just, yeah, I mean, kept going all the way into the personal. And I wouldn't call it personal because it's stuff that I posted. Yeah, but when you got fired from the comedy cellar and, and some more fired you, I'm like, wow. He said all of that on he the said all that. And I said, wow. like, damn, I said, wow, for you to be a friend of mine, you sure are trying real hard to embarrass me. You I know said, what you that, know that sounds like to me is just, just jealousy. And that's what I told him. I said, you got to know this. I'm hard to embarrass. I said, my mom tells me all the time I'm like an open book. I yeah, said, but man. I'm hard to embarrass. I said, I don't, yeah. I don't embarrass easy. I right. said, I look at it like if I could tell a story and it helps somebody not be late to a comedy club or not get fired by a comedian, then that was worth me telling the story. I said, but, I said, but I don't embarrass easy. And this, I said, thank God for social media. It just shows you who people are. And that's what it is. It's like, you. I said that to him. I said, dude, because he said something like, you don't have nothing that I can't get or, 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 or accomplish. And I said, bro, I'm happy for you. Sound yeah. like you're not happy for me. And that's really what it was, dude. It really, to this day, when uh -huh. we look back, it, it, it was about that. But yes, it started from Kaepernick. And it's like, people, I say that all the time. Like, just because I don't agree, I'm not a coon. And right. neither are you. Right. You're not a bitch. You're not stupid or where you grow up. At. It's like, damn, dude, I just don't agree. Yeah. Like the COVID, the, 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 the mask thing had me dying. It's like you see, you probably seen this post. And I was like, yo, why don't they just say it's airborne? When I, I saw you, that this morning. Yeah. And that tried to, no, this, I posted that a week ago where it was just me saying it. I was like, right. I don't think it's tell us it's airborne. Then we would adjust like that. This chick tried to give me a science lesson with like 50 comments. So today I post from CNN, experts say it's airborne, no comments. I'm like, where y'all at? Yeah. Where y'all at? <laughs> I said this two weeks ago. No comments now. <laughs> That's two funny. Weeks ago, like, where you go to high yeah, school, yeah. lad, and yeah. we taught you science, and I hate to have to educate all of them, like. That's all. That's all. That's why you should have been a lawyer. You know what I'm saying? Like that's when it comes to that debating, right? You know what I'm saying? Like debate. I can't be that's wrong. How I be. That's what my ex-wife tell me all the time. You can't be wrong. I'm like, no, I'm not saying I can't be wrong. I'm just saying I'm not all the way 
I'm not I'm not all the way wrong. There's some right in what I'm saying. You just got to can't listen. be wrong when I'm right. This, no, I'm right. <laughs> all right. So yo, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna end this with this like I usually do. We went over a little bit of the time, man, but I do appreciate the time you gave me, man. No, um, man, you are familiar with the uh the actors uh guild studio with James Lipton. And he has the questions that he asked the guests on there. I've remixed a little bit, so I'm going to ask you these questions and you fire off with what you have. Uh, what's your favorite word? Relevant. Relevant. That's a good one. That's that's a good one. Yeah, because you can. that's a good argument, too. Trip, tell me, trip tell me, tell me too. why that's relevant. <laughs> what's your least favorite word? Panic. Panic? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Y'all, you know my uh, slogan is TTBS. Um, stands for That's That Bullshit. Anything and everything, absolutely no control over your life. That's basically what the definition of That's That Bullshit is. What's That's That Bullshit to you? Mm. Oh, the semantics we going through right now with uh, racism in America. Yeah. Um. I feel like uh, feel like racism. I try to explain this to my kids. I don't think racism is ever going to end. I think people are your, your generation might be the generation that be able that's able to cope with it better than we had. I think, but the thing you got to realize is if they took all black people away, white people will find somebody else to discriminate against. Whether it be fat people, whether it be people with brown eyes, whether it be whatever, you, they're going to mm-hmm. find somebody to discriminate against. So you just gonna have to live in this space. But I tell them every day, you stand up proud, you put your head up, stick your chest out, and you be proud to be black. I say, because I'm black, your dad black, you ain't got nothing, you can't do nothing about it. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) It's like, that's our fault to bring you into this. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, what's the opposite of uh, that is what is the shit to you? Oh, man. uh, I I know it sounds like... uh, candy or, or, or fluff, but really, man, just having my family and being being a dad, spending time with my family, um, having the opportunity to 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 be around my loved ones, you know, my mom, spend time with my mom, my dad, and, and my kids. So, yeah, man, just the, the corny stuff, the, the basics. Nah, that's the, that's house, the good stuff right there. Family, love, you know. That's the good stuff right there. Um, all right, so if uh, if no one knew you, and you were introducing yourself to the world. What's your walk-in music? Oh, sympathy for the devil. <laughs> there you go. There you go. There you go. <laughs> All right. Now you exit in this life. You leave it. Mm. People want to say something about Teray, and as they walking out, what's your walk-out music? My way, Frank Sinatra. Frank Sinatra. All right, I got you on that one. I got you on that one. Um. And uh, what profession, uh, other than your own, would you like to attempt if you had the opportunity? Teacher. Teacher? You're already doing that in some way now, you know what I'm saying? So you can see the the gratification come exactly the way at full circle. Uh, Real quick, let's talk about this, and then we can get out of here, is um, you about to be uh, DMX, bro, because I see you drop one out. I see you drop one album. <laughs> and my God, I saw artwork. I'm like, wait a minute. The dude got two album covers for the same album? You dropped another album? 
in, yeah, man. in what, two months? Two months. That was my, when COVID hit, I don't get me wrong, when COVID hit, shut my date down. I was depressed, and you could tell, because you, you see right. my post. Right. I was depressed, I was angry, but I also knew that there were three things I wanted to do. And two of them were album, and the third one was the podcast. And I got the yeah. podcast done first, and then I dropped the first album. And I, you know, it, it's easier to do once you've done it for one time already. Yeah. So like the second album, all I had to do was cut it up. It's just ready to go. That's I mean, dope. even down to the album cut. Like the first time I did the album cut, to, I had to send it to my graphic dude. He had to send it back. This one, easy. And it was like people were like, yo, that cover crazy, and all. I'm like. You get used to doing things, but yeah, that that was two goals I wanted to set for myself because I've had these material for these albums on my phone for a minute, and it, I thought I was going to have to go to a studio and rip them off. And man, I just downloaded Audacity and started playing with it, and you know, just That's doing, right, yeah, right, just doing what I could do on my own, sitting in the house, as opposed to letting the days go by and and smoking and being mad that I couldn't get on stage nowhere. I started you know, just putting it into being creative on that level. So, yeah, man, I I definitely would like to have two albums on the charts in the same calendar Dude, year. Dude, that's, that's, that's dope. And, I, I mean, I did my album at the beginning of uh, 2019, and it was something that I just had to do. I was yeah. like, man, why am I doing comedy this long and I don't have an album out? Right. You know what I mean? And it's like, I want to get the second one out, too. But yeah. drop, I said, man, who is this, Ghostface? I said, how you like <laughs> If I can get this out and do what I want with it and it does what I want to do, you might see another, you might see Christmas out. Dude, and it's it's crazy because we don't think like we think, oh man, I gotta get a joke perfect. I gotta get it this way, I gotta get it that way. Dude, when I did that album, there were three jokes on that album that I actually expanded after the yeah. album. And I'm like, oh, yeah. damn. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. I like, like, in a comedy theater. <laughs> The album that I did that, that, that I did at Atlanta Comedy Theater right. had some of my best bits on. Right. But they just really, I just really just started doing They're not even tight and as good as they are now. Right. I can't put out another album. It's like, but yeah, man, I know exactly what you mean, but you have to look at it like, you know, like uh, I remember uh, watching um, Chris Lighty, Bless the Day, talk about uh, getting Tribe Called Quest album from Q-Tip. He's like, I literally had to go over the studio and yank the shit out of his hands because he wouldn't, he would keep going over and over again trying to be a perfectionist. And it's like, you know, sometimes we got to give the people what they want, you know, and, you know, that's pretty much, they just want to hear it. So you get it out for them, man. Get and I, I post, since this COVID thing, I done posted so many clips. I've never posted this much clips in my life. And I'm just giving stuff away. I'm like, I don't right. know. Right, I, don't I, hear, I don't care if I hear these jokes from somebody else. I don't care. Right. You know what I'm saying? Might as well get a check for them. <laughs> right. That's what, I, that's what I'm saying. Like it don't it don't matter at this point, man. But yeah. dude, that that's that's what's up. Uh, I I uh, I told you before. I'm I'm a fan. I, I I know we we colleagues now. We boys. We 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 yes, go sir. back and forth. Anytime I'm in Philly, I know you're gonna give me a space if I got if I need it. Um, yes, and I do appreciate that. I appreciate the fact that uh, you respect my craft enough to be like, bless, you got five, seven, yeah, you good. And I, right. and I appreciate it. So, uh, and if you in Charlotte, same thing applies. Yeah, I was just there. You was like, damn, the one time you come. The one time? You said, you said, unfortunately, I'm working. I said, ain't nothing unfortunate about work. I miss all my people when they come to Charlotte, yeah. yo. I'm like, yeah. at least let me kick it with somebody so I can get, get smoke a cigar, get a drink, do something. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, 
Oh, I know you was at you was at Tone's room. Uh, yeah, I did uh, Tone's room, and yeah, then I did, yeah. you know, I was at the Comedy Zone with some more. Comedy Zone so, with some more, yeah. Both times, I was like, "Damn!" I was like, yeah, <laughs> I was like <laughs> "So, man, look, man, appreciate the time, man. Appreciate you uh, coming on." And um, I listen, I'm gonna guarantee I won't ask you to come back on before the end of the year, man. So no problem, bro. Keep we can work podcast, it out, man. Keep doing your thing, man. Thank you, Jay. You do your thing, man. Love to them girls. Uh, no doubt. Yours too. Peace.